All righty, normally we have our Blacklock reporting friends on at certain times Monday and Wednesday, but they've broken a dandy of a story today that we thought, yeah, we won't let this one sit because uh, when you read the details of it, and we've only got a little bit of the details, it's pretty darn gross. And of course, uh, Blacklock's reporting is the one uh, that digs into all the juicy little nuggets between the headlines that don't get the attention, but they should. And this is why. They prove themselves. Tom Korski is the managing editor. He joins us now. And Tom, this story is making a lot of waves because this has to do with documents that the Privy Council was told hand over, like a long time ago, like a million records. And they have been doing everything in their power to block the release of this. So they've been concealing 992,000 records. And you guys got your hands on 8,000 documents, so just 8,000. And then when you see what you guys have found in just those 8,000 documents, there's no wonder they're holding it back. Yeah, that's the presumption. <laughs> the presumption is it's not good news when uh, less than 1% of the records that were disclosed showed cronyism, sweetheart contracting, and pandemic mismanagement. So we can only assume the 992,000 pages are just kapow. This is yeah. a House order, as you mentioned, Alex. It wasn't a House suggestion or an inquiry. This was an order of the Parliament of Canada. We are told all the time as the supreme lawmaking body in our country. And the response from the public service managers in the Privy Council office was to say, files, you know, so busy. And then, Phil, have you seen those files? We have to translate those files. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know what they're after. They want to bury these 992,000 records in the woods, and they're trying to do it. Yeah, and and, uh, and this is what you guys thrive on and do so well at. And so, like, you're finding all these nuggets, just to list off a few. So there was a liberal lobbyist who got a $118 million contract for a client after boasting of getting things done. You have the former liberal aide and ex-liberal riding president who lobbied for millions in contracts. You've talked about the former liberal MPs firm. We've talked about him before who got the $237 million contract before ventilators were even approved. The Montreal contractor who got $282 million for devices that failed testing twice. You've got the Ottawa contractor who got $149 million worth of contracts after, quote, good meetings with aides. You've got the whole story of Prime Minister Trudeau making inaccurate claims about boasting of preparedness and, uh, you know, the success stories that had to be pumped out. The, then you get into stuff like, um, you know, cabinet knowingly shipping date expired medical supplies to provinces and that they actually did consider invoking the Emergencies Act so that they could seize pandemic related factory production. You know, my favorite, though, you didn't mention was the liberal oh. lobbyist who sought a contract for his son. And I, and I remember yeah. talking to him, and his defense was, yeah, but he didn't get the contract. Well, <laughs> no, no one said you were good at it, buddy. Because <laughs> it went to a different was, liberal. <laughs> the point was, there was so much money went out the door. There was an assumption that if I could just get a little piece of that cheese, because there's so much cheese, no one will notice if I take my little slice. But when you add up all the little slices, it comes to two-thirds of a trillion dollars of borrowing that cabinet spent. Was this all related to pandemic emergencies? Of course not. Did this all go for public good? Of course not. It, a lot of it went to pay off speedboats. Alex, if that was in the 8,000 documents, can you yeah. imagine what would be in the 992,000 that they can't bear to release? Either the documents were carefully vetted, I don't think so, or even a random selection showed that there really ought to be tighter scrutiny of pandemic spending.
gee, or maybe there's a few paper shredders working overtime these days, but you know, the, the big cheese is we that we found out about. And that was a near billion dollar contract awarded to friends in all the right places. But when you do add up these dollars and cents of all these little bits and pieces of the smaller slices of cheese, this should be in any other government, this would, this would be the end of this particular government. And I don't know where this goes, but if this is what you found in the 8,000 documents, I mean, how long is it going to take you to get the remaining 984,000? That's in the hands of MPs. They can uh, get that uh, post-haste if they choose. And there are enough MPs who care uh, quite a bit, and this is in all parties, and I mean all parties, who care a lot about not wasting money and rewarding friends. You know, Alex, uh, this is Parliament's fault. They made the mistake. Early days of the pandemic, they passed a bill March 13th that gave cabinet carte blanche. Spend what you like, let us know later. There have MPs who've kicked themselves ever since. They didn't even read that bill before they voted on it, and they granted cabinet wartime spending powers, and here we are. Yeah, and thank God they're a minority government because then at least we can get access to this because if it were a majority government, this would all be buried away. But when you look at all the waste, all the cronyism and where this money could have gone, whether it's to long-term care, whether it's to health care, whether it's to businesses that are on their knees or going out of business, you know, it's not just gross. This is something that should bring this government down. You know, uh, my favorite is the uh, MP from uh, Hamilton, and your Democrat, Matthew Green, who's talked about the Westry yeah. Law. You and I have discussed that in the past. Mm-hmm. When does this stray into liability, and when well, does it become criminal liability? When does pandemic mismanagement and favoritism and cronyism become so outlandish, just so outrageous, that it does become a question of serious liability? I'm not talking about, you know, a stern lecture in a committee hearing about saying uh, it's time to gauge fitness for public office. And this applies to public service managers who you will recall, I'll try Mm -hmm. to control my blood pressure, in early (laughs) innings of this pandemic, presented themselves as pandemic heroes. You're the rock Mm -hmm. stars, Finance Minister uh, Christian Freeland said, to the public health agency managers who drove this right into the ditch. You're the rock stars, she said. That's where we started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to Matthew Green's point, um, you know, can you answer that question? When does it cross the line into a criminal, um, you know, element here? I mean, I don't I don't have any if, you know, faith in the RCMP to do anything. Um, but but we're not talking, you know, a few million dollars here. We're talking billions upon billions of dollars for stuff that didn't even work. Half of it didn't even get delivered. I mean, and again, this is the only stuff stuff so far that we know. So I'm sure there's much, much more egregious stuff that we're going to hear about. But when does it cross the line? It needs to be looked into by a committee hearing into whether or not like a crime has been committed here. There's no doubt that there'll be an inquiry at the end of this. No matter who wins the next election, it's unthinkable that they could spend this much money, that that many people could die, that that Mm -hmm. many contractors could benefit, really prosper in the teeth of a, a calamity, a recession, and a pandemic, that there will be a judicial inquiry. You'll get the answers. You know, we say in the newsroom, Alex, everything comes out eventually. The only question is the timing. And that's right now, they have 992,000 reasons to put this off. Yeah, yeah. And so you and I will be long gone of the way of the dodo bird before that happens. But when you read, you know, cabinet knowingly shipped date expired medical supplies to provinces, when you put the face to that, we're talking doctors, 
nurses, long-term care people who had to wear soiled, dirty, wet masks for weeks. So even above the dollars and cents, I mean, put that image in your head and it just goes to show how, um, <laughs> I would use the word corrupt, but um, just, you know, how disgusting, uh, you know, these documents are bearing. Whoever the pandemic heroes are, Alex, they're not on Parliament Hill. Uh, agreed. That's that's for sure. And this, by the way, we should make sure people know, Tom, this has nothing to do with the office chairs and all the office equipment that was bought. Those were other documents. So, all right. Um, always appreciate your time, Tom. And um, and you better start uh, getting through the rest of those documents when you get them because you've got a bit of reading Thank to do. But I know you guys will do it. Thank you, Alex. Tom Korski, Managing Editor of Black Locks Reporting. It is subscription-based. There's a reason why people are buying it, because they get the goods, and boy, did they deliver this time. All right.